Hi, Maharangi Vineyard Church family. It's Maz here, and uh, welcome to Father's Day in lockdown. And uh, as a dad and a papa, I wish all you dads and grandfathers a very uh, blessed Father's Day, and hope even in the circumstances you'll be able to enjoy some precious family time with those you're bubbling with and online with your family. Um, it's my privilege to be able to share a message with you this morning um, on Father's Day, and I thank Lyndon and Angela for the opportunity. So if you've got a Bible with you, um, would you open it to Ephesians chapter 5? Ephesians chapter 5, and I want to just share some simple thoughts about what it means to imitate and mimic God as our Father. And so I want to pick up in the actually last verse of chapter 4, verse 32, and we're just going to read then through to verse 2 of chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. May God bless his word to our hearts and minds. Um, back in the early mid-80s, I uh, spent two years studying full-time at a Bible college, uh, preparing for who knew what at that time. And uh, when I came out of that two years, I spent um, time just uh, probably a year and a bit, um, just self-employed mowing lawns, doing odd jobs for people, wondering what the future might hold, spending some time earthing what I had learnt. Um, and one of the last lawns I used to mow was a neighbour's lawn. And um, I would park the car in our drive, unload the mower, put my earmuffs on, start it all up and mow the lawn. And uh, our son was around two, two and a half at this time. And uh, we had bought him a little toy lawn mower that went, you know, one of those annoying ones in size, clickety, clickety, clack, and a little set of uh, earmuffs, headphones. And um, I hadn't realized that Pip had uh, geared him up, given him his little mower. And I was mowing across the lawn, and as I turned around, I saw him coming along behind or beside at this point, and he was following in my footsteps, mowing with his little mower where I had been. And I mean, one of those heart-melting, adorable moments. And he just copied me. He mimicked what I was doing and just kept following me uh, with his little mower, um, uh, imitating me as I mowed the lawn. And uh, it was one of those heartwarming moments. And then the next day in my devotional time, I was praying, praying for my family, and that image came back to me. And I can still remember to this day how overwhelming I felt when I realized that as a father, my dearly loved children mimicked me in certain areas of life and mimicked Pip in certain areas of life. Children are amazing mimics. 
Um, our neighbours used to ask, uh, as Amy played with some of their children, um, what this game church was that our daughter played with them. Amy would mimic what she saw happening in a church service. She was four, uh, including taking up an offering, which was very helpful. Um, so children are amazing mimics. And in this passage we've read, in verse 1 of chapter 5, Paul commands something to us. It's not actually a suggestion in the tense of the Greek New Testament. It's This is not an option. It's like, this is something you are to do, someone you are to be. And we are to be imitators of God. And when you think about that, it's overwhelming the thought of it because we all know how far short we fall in terms of God's holiness and who God is and yet we're told to imitate God. Christ in the Gospels on several occasions said that we were to be like our Heavenly Father, we were to imitate our Heavenly Father, to be merciful as he was merciful, to be holy as he is holy. And uh, I don't know about you, but I find this command, this thought, incredibly overwhelming. And Paul says we are to be imitators of God. And the word be is in a continuous tense. And the idea of this is this doesn't happen in one quick moment. It is a lifelong calling and command that we are to become, to keep on becoming imitators of God. That word imitators or to imitate God is a Greek word from comes from a family of words when traced back to the root where we get our English word that I've been using to mimic. And to mimic someone is to copy, to mimic certain characteristics and behavior of that person. We are told as followers of Christ, as God's children, that we are to mimic the characteristics of God as our Father, and we're to do so as dearly loved children. When a child is really loved and feels they are dearly loved, and the idea of that phrase dearly loved is also the idea of highly valued, highly favoured, and when a child knows that they are dearly loved, they are highly valued, favoured by their parents. There's something that rises up within the heart of that child that they want to mimic, to be like their parent until they hit the teenage years. Then they don't want to know you. <laughs> and uh, they don't want to mimic you. Then for those of you who have teenage children, we've raised four of them who are now adults, three with their own families. The shift happens when they become parents and I've had two of my children say, oh no, I'm becoming like my father. Um, I try and tell them that's not an entirely bad thing. But um, as they get older and through those teenage years, what has been sown into them as dearly loved, highly valued, favoured children begins to emerge in their adult life and almost unconsciously, they begin to mimic and take on naturally the characteristics of the parents 
who have raised them. And this is the idea that Paul is conveying, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. And it should be a natural thing that children will resemble, which is another way of saying imitate, that there will be resemblances to the family in which they belong and to which they have grown up in. And so children dearly loved, highly valued, highly favored, are to convey the characteristics of their heavenly father. So we are to mimic God. And the watching world, particularly as we go through the kind of seasons that our country, our world is going through at the moment, they need to see in us a reflection of the character and the nature of God, whom we are imitating by God's enabling grace and the power of his Holy Spirit, which we don't have time to talk about that, Paul reveals through chapter four and five of, of this amazing letter to the Ephesians. And it's the only way we can imitate God is by God's grace and his enabling power. But we are to demonstrate visually to a watching world that we are imitators, we are dearly loved children of God the Father. And in verse 32 that we read, Paul gives just, in a sense, a summation of the heart of God that we are to imitate. And it is, we are to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. One of the highest characteristics and expressions of an imitation of the heart of the Father we can ever demonstrate to people is to show them kindness, compassion that is ultimately expressed in an unconditional forgiveness towards people when we need to express that. That we forgive others just as in Christ God has forgiven us. And when we live a life that expresses that, we are resembling our Father in heaven. We are reflecting, we are imitating, we're mimicking something of his heart and nature. And that's why Paul goes on to say, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. Uh, some translations will say, and walk in love. And the idea of that phrase is that Love should be the overarching, overriding characteristic of those who claim to be Christians, claim to be followers of Christ, claim to be children of the Heavenly Father. And this love is expressed, as Paul said in verse 32 of chapter 4, through kindness, through compassion, through forgiving people as we journey through life. One of the most telling verses that challenged me many years ago in Romans 2, and I think it's around verse 14, that it talked about the fact that the kindness of God leads to repentance. And, you know, I found through my journey as a follower of Christ, trying to imitate and reflect the nature and heart of God, my Father, that beating people up, about their shortcomings, their sinfulness, their weaknesses, is not kind, it's not compassionate, and it's not loving. 
But regardless of their lifestyle, I learned over the years of following Christ that when I treat people as God has treated me, with kindness, with compassion, with forgiveness, it opens up their heart to come to a place of repentance. Because sooner or later, when you are treated in that spirit, in that manner, it brings you to the realization and the revelation of your own sinfulness and weakness and fallenness. And it was being treated like that by Philippa's family and Philippa herself as a teenage person outside of Christ that brought me to the place of, I want what they've got. I want that kind of love. I want that kind of a heart. And then I realized how far short I fell of that. And that led me through kindness and compassion and forgiveness to a place of true repentance. And my life has never been the same since then. So we are told that if we are truly, dearly loved children of God, then we are going to live a life of love. But it's not any kind of love. God the Father doesn't just tell us through his word what we're to do, but he gives us the prescription of how we're to do it. And more than that, just as we're told to imitate God as our Father, he gives us a picture of which we can imitate, and that is the person of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, we are to live a life of love just as, not any kind of love, not a love that the world portrays or defines, but it's a love that is just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And in these closing minutes, I just want to dwell on this phrase and the implications of it in terms of how we outwork this command, this call to be and continually be becoming imitators of God as dearly loved children who recognize how much we're loved, how much we're valued and favored by God, and the price he went to to convey that love through the person of Christ who loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The ultimate demonstration of God's love to you and I was the giving of his son, Christ for our sin, upon the cross of Calvary, because God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And Christ demonstrated ultimately what true love is, what a life of love is, by giving himself as a sacrifice for us upon the cross. In John's letter, he says, greater love has no person than they lay down their life for a friend. Sacrificial love is the ultimate expression of what love truly is. And Christ gave himself a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God for us. He gave himself up for us. We don't have time, unfortunately, to unpack all of those phrases and what they mean. 
But the challenge and implication for me in my life as a follower of Christ is, am I willing to love in terms of imitation of God in the way that Christ has demonstrated that love? And am I willing to be a person who's willing to give up my life as a sacrifice for God, for the world in which I live? And in Romans chapter 12, in Romans 12 and verse 1, we're told these words. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. We're called to follow Christ's example, who gave himself up as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. We're called, in view of all God's mercy to us, that we are to live our lives as a living sacrifice. And that is the ultimate expression of our worship and our devotion to God, to give ourselves in this way. Sacrifice is very practical in the sense that I give my life in full devotion to God, my Father, to Christ as my Lord. And I am called to take up my cross, deny myself daily, which is a way of living as a sacrifice to God. And in living in that way, it's the willingness to give up my rights and even at times my dreams and aspirations and sacrifice myself for the cause of Christ. And I think this is seen in no greater demonstration than in the heart of a mother and a father who sacrifice often so much in the raising of a family. Parents will sacrifice everything and some ultimately their life for the value of a child. To be a living sacrifice is the willingness to follow Christ's example and to give up in order to gain. One other scripture to leave you with that has been a challenge to me to build on this theme is in John chapter 12 and verse 23, as Christ is going to the cross, he puts it this way. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it reproduces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honour the one who serves me. One of the simple practical implications of these verses that we've just read in John 12 and linking it into being an imitator of God our Father and living a life of love as Christ did, the willingness to give our lives as a living sacrifice is the reality that Christ explained in these verses in John 12, that as he looked to the cross, is his life as a single seed, if held onto and not given as a sacrifice, would remain a single seed. But when that seed 
was buried in death, the death on the cross, and broken open, as it were, in the darkness of the cross, and then gave itself to resurrection life, it was able to produce many seeds, much fruit. And we know that analogy and illustration from nature, that when we take a seed and we plant it in the ground, it in a sense dies, breaks open, and then produces something beautiful, fruitful, something we can enjoy in terms of its beauty, or we can pick in terms of its fruitfulness, harvest in terms of uh, something to eat that nourishes us. And the image there, taking it from Ephesians 5, is that for me, the implication of becoming an imitator and mimic of God as a dearly loved, valued, favoured child, and doing so by living a life of love, just as Christ did, and giving my life a sacrifice, just as Christ did, is that as I'm willing to not remain a single seed, but to give my life, to allow it to be broken open, then I have the potential to create and reproduce many seeds, much fruit, as opposed to remaining in my life, just a single seed. And the power of that influence in the world in which we live is by becoming a mimic and imitator of God my Father. And the greatest way that I ever know what God is like in terms of his character and how I am to mimic him is through the scriptures, his written word, and through the Saviour, Christ, the living Word of God. And my encouragement and challenge to you and to myself is to become such a mimic of God, such an imitator of his nature and character, as a kind, compassionate, forgiving person who expresses that through a life of loving sacrifice to those around you, not fearing giving up, because knowing in the act of giving up your time, your finances, your gifts, your talents, your energy, then your life will never remain a single seed. It will produce many seeds and much fruit, even beyond your life from generation to generation. So, my simple prayer and encouragement to you and to myself as we reflect on not only what it means to be a father, a parent, what it means to be a person, a follower of Christ, is that as you and I imitate God our Father, as dearly loved children, that your life will produce much fruit from generation to generation in a way that you could never have imagined. God bless you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And may the Lord bless you richly, you and your family, uh, this day and always. In Christ's name.